Coucou les Bitcoins! Salut! It's Miranda. And Helen. And we're so excited to be coming to you together in France for the first time in this podcast history. Reunited at last. <laughs> I know it's been how many years? It has been three years since I was in France. That's crazy. And I saw you days before I left. So it has literally been three years since both I have seen France and I've seen my best friend. No, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. And welcome to the season finale. Yeah. Well, maybe we should start with just we're in France together. I know. The we're actually sitting in the same apartment when I last saw you. We were in this yeah. apartment. We were and probably on the same couch. Probably. <laughs> and it's pretty crazy to be back and I don't know, it things have changed and also things have not, but I think we have changed a lot. We have changed. We and are. what about what we're drinking? I think we're drinking slightly better wine now. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> We're no longer buying two euro bottles like students. No, we have upgraded for sure. We had very nice wine last night. We had some fondue with we friends. Um, something that was a real extravagance. Uh, I mean, it might be warm outside, but it's never wrong to eat warm cheese. No, and we had to. It was like one of the things on the list of absolute must-do. Yes. I remember going to that restaurant as a broke assistant, and it was um, a completely different experience this time. I felt like we owned the place. Oh, so fancy. Mm. Well, what are we drinking now? Right now, I'm drinking a wonderful cup of coffee. I've brought her over to the coffee <laughs> side, everyone. I finally did it. I forced her. When in Rome, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in a Christmas mug from Kaisersburg, because staying on theme, only French cliches are allowed. <laughs> exactly. Well, and another thing that it was com- completely a tenant of being an assistant was going to the Christmas markets mm-hmm. in France and... Sometimes, uh, not really stealing, but keeping the small glass or ceramic mugs that they give you for your mold wine and hot chocolate. You have to pay. Yes. You you just don't get your money back if you don't return it. So fair is fair. It's a beautiful country. I love (laughs) it so much. This one is very, very beautiful. We'll take. We'll show a picture, but um, from Alsace, it's. it's really quite awesome. Yeah. yeah, this coffee's giving me a little bit of life, and so is this beautiful sunshine. It's really great that France just decided to uh, make the best of the week that I'm here. Yeah, it's been warm, but not too hot. It's been lovely. So that's perfect. So yeah, we're both drinking coffee. So this episode is basically a victory lap of season three of The Bookworms. So we're going to be chatting about the various things France has given Miranda and given myself, as well as what's changed or how perspective shifts when coming home and coming back, as we've already talked about. Yes. And then we are going to give you a little sneak peek into season four, which will be coming up after the summer break, because like any good French person, we are taking the summer off. (laughs) Yes, indeed. It's what if there's one thing you need to know about French people is they like their vacances. Yes. And especially the summer vacances is very important. Yes. So you'll understand more why we're taking an extended break when we get to that at the end of the episode. So stay tuned. <laughs> what has changed since you've been here? 
or has there been any culture shocks mm. or reverse culture shocks there's things that you forgot and now remember or things that you find weird I mean we're in a post-covid world so I'm sure that's slightly different but you're also traveling with your partner so have yes. you experienced the newness of friends through his eyes a bit definitely I think that's a great way to see the country again but honestly, the biggest thing is that I never really went to Paris as an assistant because Ooh. I was too broke <laughs> to enjoy it. And I only ever went there to go to the airport. And uh, I spent three days in Paris and it was amazing. Um, we saw all types of uh, touristy things, but also just enjoyed Apéro and introduced uh, my partner to cheese plates and yeah you said uh, some pretty delicious cheese plates they looked pretty nice they were delicious and so that was kind of fun to experience it through a, a tourist perspective mm-hmm. which i never really had but also paris is great i mean i'm a big city girl and so it's kind of nice to experience it that's not just transient like you're not yeah. just passing through to get to a new dis- destination but we also did go back to Salvog where I where I taught for two years, and that was a weird experience because there mm-hmm. are a couple new shops, and um, actually the tea place that I used to go to all the time was closing down, and I had a tea on the last day he was open. That's pretty incredible. Very like you waited for. Dinner. It was so lovely. <laughs> I was so happy that we were able to do that, but just a weird feeling, like a a bit of a closure, a bit of moving on you know life continues very much and my life has continued in a different way so it's it's weird I mean culture shock I just feel like for my partner it was definitely the metro in Paris it was really even coming from the bigger cities in Canada you both have spent absolutely it was just so first of all it's so extensive we don't have that in Canada, which is a wonderful thing. I mean, it's a great system, but it was so packed, so yeah. packed with people. It was insane. And, and again, post-COVID world, it's uh, it's uncomfortable. Um. Like it was kind of grimy and dirty and smelly before COVID. <laughs> and now you add in... An awareness of germs. Yeah. That it's pretty... Yeah, it's it was an, an experience. I would say my experience of taking the Metro has drastically changed since COVID. Everything feels dirtier, even though it was just as dirty exactly. pre-COVID. Like, yeah. The germs were still circulating. I think you're just more aware of like when people are really close to you. Yeah. It's... Ugh. Yeah. And that was already a thing. Like, the U.S., we have a lot bigger personal bubble yes. than in Europe and France in general. So that was always difficult. But yeah, you add in the COVID factor and you're just like, no, sir. Yes. Or ma'am. Way too close. <laughs> yeah. I also think that um, he had a bit of a, um, a culture shock with that, the amount of smoking that there is in, yeah. in France, which we experienced differently as assistants. I mean, let me know what you experienced, but... I feel like I saw my students smoking, but a lot mm. of the teachers I knew didn't smoke. And we were in a small town and people were a little bit more like health conscious. And so when we were in Paris, everybody is smoking on the terrasse. Like everyone is uh, having coffee and smoking. So I don't know if that's just my experience. I would say that's not the experience I've had. Okay. Students, colleagues smoke. I'm used to it now though because normally when people have come to Nancy and visited they've said the same thing of a lot of people will smoke on the terraces a lot of people will just be in general smoking and now vaping is more of a thing so that's even coming inside now of 
you know, we were in a bar and someone's vaping next to us and that I'm not used to yet because that's, say, a more recent development. And I was telling you guys that even the current prime minister, Mm. Elizabeth Warren, was vaping on the radio, but the radio is televised here. And so you're just like, what is happening? This is insane. So I do think it's a a shock or a surprise because at least in Canada and the U.S., I think they did a pretty good campaign to stigmatize smoking, to lower smoking rates. And I wouldn't say that's a thing here. No, and I think that was the biggest thing for him is not just that like people are smoking. Of course, people are smoking, but that there's no seemingly no judgment about it. Mm-hmm. That's very odd. Like, and it, it in Canada, it's very much like a you should not smoke. Smoking kills. It's bad for you. It's like and and go stand outside in the cold and smoke nine meters away from the restaurant entrance instead of yeah, as long as sit, you're outside. Yeah, sit and thing. have a croissant and smoke. I mean, it's a little cliche, but yeah, I think that was part of it. Um, I didn't, I I knew I was going to be emotional. I didn't expect to be as emotional as I was going back to Sable, but... And um, you went back to the classroom, even. I did. I did go back into the classroom and uh, a couple of... uh, Cesiems who are now Twasiems remembered me. They remembered you. Yeah, they, that's exciting. It was yeah, it was very odd, and they were like. So they were in middle school. Yeah. Uh, for people that don't know Cesium, and they are now. <laughs> cool, and now they're in their last year of college, ready to go to high school, and some of them remembered that I was from Ottawa and that I was Canadian, and uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it was quite fun, and it's also cool because it's you know we're such different people than we were three years ago mm-hmm. I feel like the last three years have been one you know <laughs> year <laughs> both like difficult because of COVID obviously but also just completely transformative for me professionally and mm-hmm. personally I just feel like a totally different person that's fair enough. and not in a bad way just yeah, in just, just in different ways but I think no matter what happens the jump from young 20s after college, university, yeah, to real adulthood, it is a change. So yeah, and it's tough. It's it's it was mm-hmm. rough, but I feel very much more settled in the person I am today. That's than, cool. Than three years ago. So yeah, I mean, France is an incredible place, and there's so much magic. Is what we we always say. There's so much magic here. Like it's just the old world charm. Yeah, there's something wonderful about it. And one of the things that my partner mentioned is that it's a, it's just a slower, not slower pace, but there's just more of a balance. I think. I think mm. a lot of French people have a better understanding of like, you know, uh, you. What is it? You work to live, not live to work. Exactly. That's yeah. my favorite. I think it sums it up quite well. Yeah. I mean, I think that people have a, just a bit more balance than we have in North America. And I mean, I, I know that like you experienced that through your family and you also worked in North America prior to coming here. But it, it really is true. Like You get wrapped up in work. Even though mm-hmm. I love my job, I, I'm really incredibly fulfilled. You, you, it's different here it just feels a little different and there feels like there's just a bit more balance the slow times to the to the fast yeah I'm still pretty American because I do realize (laughs) I speak about work and what I'm doing much more than Mm. French people it's harder for me to separate or you know I want to share what I'm working on and I 
have come to realize that is not necessarily reciprocated and or appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's not appreciated, but it's definitely not. Uh, yeah, it's not normal, I think, to like talk a lot about your job. I was expecting more questions when I said I work for the government and I really love my job. People were like, okay, that's great. Moving on. You know? <laughs> and in Canada, it's like, well, what do you do? And, you know, when, when did you start and how did you get in? And, like, what's your boss like? And um, what projects do you do? Yeah. Like, what do you want to do long term? This was yeah. like, we're so happy oh, that you're the happy. Best. The, the five year plan. I'm sorry. Yes. You are happy now, but where are you going? Yes. <laughs> where will you be in five years and what are you doing now to get yourself to that point? Yes, your one year, two year. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. We're still ourselves. We're still type A. We still know the answer to that, but <laughs> it's. But getting uh, everyone else on board is harder. Yes. <laughs> It's just a different, it's a different, uh, it's a different mentality, I think. Um, yeah. and I'm sure we're speaking very generically. Obviously, yes. there are, every story in France as well, you're going to have type A people, you're going to have 100% dedicated to work people. Totally. Like, we're not, we're speaking generically, not saying everyone yeah. is like this, but I would, would argue the, the conversations I've had, it is reflective of how I still have some differences. Yeah, and I just think it's a nice uh, thing to experience, especially on vacation for my partner and I, uh, just to have a like moment, like we've been very busy seeing people and seeing uh, the sights in Paris and, and trying to visit everybody in a short time frame, mm-hmm. but we've also had this these moments of just like, we're going to take a walk and that's all we're doing, we're going to have a coffee and that's all mm-hmm. we're doing, and you know, um, waking up late and grabbing croissant and having coffee and it's just like not, uh, not quite as regimented. But the, part of that is vacation. It is. But, part of it is vacation. But I understand the, what's behind it a bit of there is a different ambiance or just a different rhythm I yeah. think, of a day. I think that's what it is. And I think every time I, I'm in France, I go oh, I wish I, like, walked more. I wish I, like, biked more. I wish we had more of these, you know, just moments of appreciating but not needing to be productive. That's something I really struggle with is, like, I want to be productive, but I don't want to do the same thing all the time. <laughs> I want to do something for myself. Um, mm-hmm. And part of that is, like, you know, walking and bike rides and sitting and reading a book for a whole hour <laughs> and not feeling bad about it. Um, I struggle with that still. Yeah, it's hard. It is is harder because it is so entrenched in the the psyche of just you're you're wasting time. Yeah, but you're not. You could be doing something else. And you're right. There are so many people that live in the present that are just observing what's around them that are like, in other words, like meditating almost because you, you get to this place where you're just enjoying your cigarette and your glass of wine yeah. or your espresso and you're not freaking out like I am as I make lists in my head of everything that needs to be done. <laughs> and I mean, you're right. There's an element of vacation in that, which is that when you go back to real life, laundry needs to be done, dishes need to be done. You know, you need to get to that friend and make sure that you, you know, uh, bring the thing that they asked for. I mean, there's there are lists in life that's part of being an adult. Yeah. But it, it's also just... I think it's just the balance. I think it's just having more moments that are just selfishly unproductive. 
Yeah, and I love Sundays in France because everything is closed, and I used to find that so infuriating. Yeah. And now I'm like, it's nice that we are collectively resting, and then yeah, it's accepted. I agree. My, my perspective has greatly changed. Yeah. On the day of rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, speaking of being in the moment mm-hmm. and considering and observing the present... We are excited to announce the theme for season four. Completely different. Would you like to explain a little bit? Yeah. I mean, we started this podcast mostly because we missed each other during COVID and we really wanted to talk to each other, but also because we wanted to read things that were missed in our mm-hmm. in our French classes, our English classes, our, you know, our, our syllabi, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we wanted to experience the things that everyone talks about and understand it more and one of the biggest uh holes and gaps in our knowledge is marcel proust yes the very famous french writer yes in search of lost time he spent his entire life writing in search of lost time or à la recherche de temps perdu it's it's an incredible book it's a huge book when she says huge we are not joking our copy, which is the unabridged version in French, in French, is two thousand four hundred and one pages. Yeah. So this is a <laughs> massive piece of classic French literature. Yeah, it is over a million words, but it is known as this transformative text that really revolutionized literature. You know, to spend your whole life writing one book, uh, that in and of itself has me intrigued Mm -hmm. and Proust himself was a very eclectic person so there's so much to get into and to that sort of tempo rhythm conversation that we were having I think that it's a different it's a different rhythm for us but it also might be something that we welcome of changing it up a bit you know reading 200 pages and a new 200 pages every uh, few weeks is a lot (laughs) especially when it's dense French historical text. And we want to give as much value to it as it deserves, which is usually a lot. I mean, a lot of the time we love these books mm-hmm. and we just don't have the energy and like mental space to give as much analysis and, and love <laughs> to the book and the author as we, we really should. Well, 30-minute episodes, which we are keeping, are hard to fit in. You know, when yeah. we did Simone de Beauvoir, when we did Camus... There are courses on oh, this. There are people have PhDs. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to fit in existentialism and the, the author and the book and the few themes we want to pick up on. Yeah. So this is going to be much more of a deep dive exploration for season four. And we're going to just do the book. Yes. So we're going to bring in other elements. We have other books like How Proust Can Change Your Life. We will be, like you said, researching a little bit more, understanding, trying to bring that to you. So don't worry. You aren't required to read the book. Read it through us in the Lay Bookworms pod notes version. (laughs) Or feel free. We're giving you a heads up. Get the book. Read it with us. Get the abridged version because it's only 500 pages. (laughs) But funny enough, as I tried to find the copies for us... Because we wanted to have the same copies. Yes. 
I could not find the unabridged version. I went to multiple bookstores mm. and no one had them on the shelf. They had the chapters which have been broken up into separate books, but they normally didn't have a complete set. Wow. They had abridged versions, like I said, about 500 words, which if the purpose is to read the text in its entirety and to understand this journey, 500 pages is nothing. Yes, true. So that was interesting. Or they had, again, leather-bound collections, but always abridged and ranging from 400 to 600 pages. So super odd experience for me. Very odd. I wound up having to special order these two books from the bookstore because the the bookkeeper literally said they would never stock it. It was on command only. Right. So that was really surprising as he's such a prominent personality and yeah. author yeah. to have to special order this book. So we did. Um, and, you know, we the extra, it. yeah, the extra 2,000 pages was only five euros more. So <laughs> if you're tempted. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to join us. Yeah, it is incredible because it is such a it's such a classic. I mean, I w- would wonder how many people have read the whole thing, or how many people have must must have read some amount of it. Or yeah, parts of it, yeah. passages. Because even in the U.S. and English class, we read abridged versions of books because right. you just don't have time of in course. a school year, or you would read a section, yeah. you know, and study the section and try to talk about it. But you do lose something in that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that what the exercise we're doing now is exactly that. It's like an it's an exercise. We're 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 trying something new, and I'm excited for it because I think it's gonna be a change of pace for us. I agree, and I I think over the course of the last three seasons, we've gone various ways and tried to explore different avenues. Our focus was, like you said, filling in the gaps, reading more diverse. Francophone authors, reading some fun books to break it up because it got a little heavy there for a while and we had to bring in some expat fiction to to lighten the mood and remember why we love France because it was getting dark. It was. So this will be interesting because it's so French and I wouldn't say it's positive or negative because I think for him it it really is observations and reflecting. So I'm curious what our experience will be as we observe more potentially or reflect in different ways about how we use time, how we understand our surroundings. So that's just a little sneak peek. We're very excited. Mm -hmm. And maybe to end the day, do you want to pose the question that Proust himself answered? Yes. Feel free to send us your answers. We're curious. Yeah, so this was in L'Entrezien, which was a French uh, newspaper in Paris, and they would pose questions. And one of their questions was, in 1922, an American scientist announced to the world that it will end, or at least that such a huge part of the continent will be destroyed in such a sudden way that the death of, will be certain fates of hundreds of millions of people. If this were pr- prediction were confirmed, what do you think would be its effect on people between the time they acquired the certainty and the moment of cataclysm? As far as you're concerned, what would you do in this last hour? So lots of people sent in their answers, and Proust actually wrote into the newspaper 
And this was his response. I think that life would suddenly seem wonderful to us if we were threatened to die, as you say. Just think of how many projects, travels, love affairs, studies, it, our life, hides from us, made invisible by our laziness, which certain of a future delays them incessantly. And then he goes on to say that if we actually were to die and anything would become beautiful again, um, we should visit the galleries of the Louvre, we should throw ourselves at the feet of Miss Whoever um, and make a trip to India. And then he says if the cataclysm doesn't happen, we don't do any of it because we find ourselves back in the heart of normal life where negligence deadens desire. And yet we shouldn't have needed the cataclysm to love life today. It would have been enough to think that we are humans and that death may come this evening. So we'll leave you there because that's a great way to end season three on a reflective note and also how we're spending our time after being separated and having a lot of life thrown yeah. at, at us and it wasn't always great. So yeah. what a way to start Proust, honestly. It's a it's an interesting question and I'm looking forward to reflecting more with him, with you, mm. and with all of our listeners. So à bientôt. À bientôt. Have a great summer. Profite bien. Yes, indeed. And we'll see you soon.